0: Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you for being here. Before we listen to my next guest, I want to ask that if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the channel and leave a positive review so we can grow this channel. I've been working really hard for you guys to grow by putting systems in place that bring on guests who are very valuable to you. And I'm just going to be honest, it hasn't been an easy ride. So I would certainly appreciate your support. Also, let me know your thoughts by texting me at 714-294-0269. Again, 714-294-0269. Last time, 714-294-0269. To ask about details and to receive future podcasts directly to your cell phone. Let's continue with the podcast. Hello. How's it going? you. How's it going? Sorry, finally got back.
1: <laughs> All right, good. Well, if you were anywhere near Los Angeles, you'd... Be sitting in traffic all day.
0: Oh, it's a, it was really bad. I had an in-person interview and just was not expecting that level of traffic. So, uh, but uh, Okay, cool. So, um, thank you for uh, meeting with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. You, you are the owner of HotelGuru.com. You've won quite a few awards, right? Uh, can well, you, yes. I mean,
1: HotelGuru.com is my blog site, so we have a lot of other assets.
0: Got it. Okay. Uh, can you tell? I want to before I go into like your business accolades, I want to go more into like the your, your 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 story of how you got to where you are now. So, tell me a little bit about kind of like your your initial beginnings, uh, and uh, and let's work our way up to the business part.
1: All right, so I'll try not to get too, uh, too micro oriented early on. So I started as a banquet dishwasher. And the first job I got, I was a student at the University of Illinois, and I applied for this banquet dishwasher job. And they told me that I wasn't qualified, that I was overqualified. And I said, How can you be overqualified to wash dishes? And <laughs> I said, You know, what do you want from me? I mean, I, I speak Spanish and I need a job. Oh, you speak Spanish? You're hired. So I got the job, worked my way up to general manager within five years. And I, I transferred to hotel school uh, down at Florida International University. So I was always on track to be a hotel manager. As soon as I started washing dishes, became a busboy and a waiter and a uh, supervisor, I knew that uh, there were not brilliant people ahead of me and that, that there was a, good, a clear path. So uh, I become a general manager, I was 25 years old at the time, and worked my way up in the industry to uh, better hotels, uh, opened a uh, uh, what is now, well actually it, it was uh, as an embassy, embassy Suites, so kind of a four star level hotel. So this is back in 1981. And um, after that, uh, opened a Hilton hotel as uh, a general manager and you
0: director. You opened the Hilton Hotel or did as, you, as a general manager. Got
1: it. Got it. Okay. At that time. And then I also became director of education and training for Best Western International for 2000 owners sure. and got hired by uh, Deloitte to manage a hospitality consulting practice. So those were my key jobs in the 1980s. And then I formed my company 30 years ago, January of 1990. Uh, RAR Hospitality is the company that I have. Hotel Guru is my blog site. RARhospitality.com is our website where we list all the hotels that we run. Uh, The the story beginning in 1990 is probably about the same amount of time as the story up until 1990. So I, I started in the industry and uh, back in January of 74, so 46 years ago, is when I got that dishwasher job. Wow. And 30 years ago is when I started my company. So 16 years of working for others. Wow. Okay.
0: So that's, that's a little unconventional, actually, in the entrepreneur space.
1: people. Most, well, most- it is. And uh, along the way, while I was at uh, managing a, a general manager of a Hilton property in the Phoenix, uh, Arizona area, I attended uh, graduate school at Arizona State and got my master's in tourism administration. So my bachelor's is in hotel administration, my master's is in tourism, and I I teach at Arizona State now online. And I run 15, let's see, 15 operating hotels and three hotels that are under development at the moment.
0: Okay, so 15 operating hotels. Um, So okay, let's go back to the, the traditional route you took first that traditional route is unconventional, uh, is. regarding like an entrepreneur. Cause like, for me, like I'm an entrepreneur and like, I did not want to take the conventional route at all. I was like, no, I can't do that. I went to school and all and, and everything, but I, I just like, I couldn't do a nine to five. Was, was your, was your job nine to five or was it
1: I've never had a nine-to-five job. You know, the when you uh, work in the hotel industry, you work seven days a week. If you're on salary, it's seven days a week. If you're hourly, you're working Saturdays and Sundays because like can, everybody Saturday in the, hotel. the busiest busiest night in the in the business. Everybody in the hotel industry should be an entrepreneur then. <laughs> well, yeah, and of course, as an entrepreneur, as you know you have to work seven days a week. So. Uh, I didn't really become a true entrepreneur until I started my own company 30 years ago. i dabbled in it. When I was working for Hyatt, I started my consulting business. I was uh, a restaurant manager at night and I had my own little consulting practice during the day. (laughs) And I wrote, back then I wrote a newsletter, back in the late seventies, I wrote my own newsletter. That's awesome. I, I was 25 years old, had my own newsletter. It was called Arizona Tourism Monthly, and I would blast people who were incompetent in the industry, and so I got a lot of attention. Oh, jeez. Probably from the... So would- Did you ever get sued? Like, uh, and I'm trying to think if I've ever been sued. No, I've actually never really... Never because really-
0: there are YouTube channels out there that are actually doing a service, but they're, they're, they're calling out like other YouTubers and things like that for being fake in certain areas, and uh that's kind of like what you were doing and uh it's they made it entertaining and i think some of them have gotten sued by like big players in the field and anyways it's 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 it's, i did
1: i didn't get sued but i did have people beg me to not blast them publicly before they had a chance to tell their side of the story
0: did you ever let that weigh on your decision to post something or not like if somebody was like please don't do this (laughs) like
1: No, I mean, first of all, this is back before the internet, so in the, yeah. in the late 70s, my newsletter was by mail. Yeah. So I was sending out a physical newsletter, eight and a half, actually 11 by 17 with a fold, so it was yeah. four, uh, four pages.
0: Yeah. But so if somebody, if somebody begged you, did you ever go, oh, maybe I shouldn't send this? Or? Um, <laughs>
1: uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I can be persuaded, but not bought.
0: Got it. Got it. Persuaded because of your nature, but not bought because that would be against your good nature. That's right. Okay. Got it. Okay. Cool. Okay. So then, so this goes into the question of like, okay, is entrepreneurship uh, learned or is it just ingrained in you?
1: What do you You know? There are people who are, who say that it's learned, but I think if you don't have certain uh, capacity to take risk, if you, if you freak out at the possibility of having to declare bankruptcy someday. Because there were certainly times where I said, oh crap, I'm not gonna make it. So if you can't handle being in that situation, having no money and no income and a family, then it's not for you. So I don't think you're necessarily, you can learn some skills that help, that you can learn. You can certainly learn writing skills, you can learn speaking skills, or you can get better at it. You can learn, uh, you can learn about half of entrepreneurship, but I think you're born with the other half. And, and, and with that other half, what does that entail?
0: Cause I don't know. I, I just, I just, I, a lot of people on this podcast have actually said the same thing. I'm just like, man, I just think I learned it. I don't know. Like, I, I understand like that there, there are some like things that they come naturally to me that don't come naturally to others, but, um, okay. So like, like. What would you say constitutes characteristics that would allow somebody to be an entrepreneur?
1: Well, I think risk is the biggest. If you're not comfortable with the the paycheck versus no paycheck situation, you can't be an entrepreneur. If you need a paycheck because you need to budget and you need to make sure you never, ever run out of your security blanket, I don't think you can be an entrepreneur, At, at least not the way I view. An entrepreneur is one who takes financial risk. I could care
0: less about a paycheck, to be honest. <laughs>
1: like... Well, then you you are you have the capacity, obviously, to be an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think thankfully I've been able to support myself. But I, I don't know. I, I think I attribute it to like hard work and uh, good work ethic and and just doing the right thing by clients and things like That that uh,
1: that, you know. that is the but that part is. What makes you successful? That's not what makes you an entrepreneur. Because to be successful, you have to work hard yeah. and uh, and and have all those uh, elements. You know, hit hit your deadlines. Uh, work as hard as you have to work. Not worry about nine to five. If you're nine to five and you need a paycheck, you can't be an entrepreneur.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So okay. So then let's let's go into when you started your first hotel. Okay. So you started your first hotel. So,
1: uh, I was, well, first of all, I started my business 30 years ago as a one-man band as a consultant. And my wife said to me, after seven years, we had two da- young daughters, she said, why are you making all this money for other people? And I said, well, we're making money. And she said, yeah, but we're not going to have anything to show for it down the road. In other words, you're going to be working and working and working forever. And I said, well, what do you have in mind? She says, why don't we buy a hotel? I said, of money? She says, I don't know. That part, I don't know, but you're the entrepreneur. Figure it out. So <laughs> I got seven relatives together and my wife and I scraped together $50,000 and the, uh, each of us put in $50,000. I went to an owner of a hotel that I thought had potential and I told him I wanted to buy his hotel and he said, where's the money coming from? I said, my family. He said, okay. Coming I said, you will be my lender. And he said, oh, so I'm, I'm going to sell you the hotel and then loan you the money to buy it? I said, exactly. He did it. So it worked out. So we bought a hotel. By the way, are, is your screen freezing on me? Or are you able yeah, to hear yeah, me? Yeah, my
0: screen's freezing for some, maybe it's the, the, the YouTube. I think it's freezing. Yeah, hold on one second. Let's see if I can change this. Let me let me stop. The screen
1: your screen froze on me, so I just wanted to make sure you could hear. Yeah, I can
0: hear you, but just give me one second. Let me see if I can change this up. No. Oh, one second. There we. I, that must be that. that should be better. Yeah. I
1: think. Okay. <laughs> All right. right. So anyway, uh, you were able to hear me through. Uh, Getting the, the time. Where I raised the money, and I got the the owner of the hotel to loan me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so he got, so he, he was able to be your lender, and so he you uh, you essentially were like, okay, let's make this agreement. You got seven family members together. Okay, so go from there.
1: One of the family members was so unsophisticated that he couldn't he he couldn't wire money, so he sent a personal check, which the bank wanted fourteen days to clear, and I wanted to close the loan on July first because. This was July 1st, 1997, because I wanted to get July 4th weekend, the busiest weekend in San Diego. So we bought the hotel, very successful. For three years, we ran it, and uh, so my business morphed from a consulting business to a hotel ownership business, and then we got an unsolicited offer to sell the hotel three years later. We sold it, took the proceeds, bought a piece of land, and built two Hilton hotels on it. I'm sitting in one of those Hiltons now. So I bought that land in 2000. It's wow. now 2020. Yeah. Uh, we've refied both hotels twice. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we also built a Marriott property and started buying uh, existing hotels as well. Um,
0: where is the Hilton Hotel That Where is that located?
1: Where's which hotel?
0: The Hilton. The- the,
1: that I'm sitting in right now is in San Diego. It's in Del Mar, California, actually.
0: Oh okay, awesome.
1: Okay. We have two two hotels in, in the Del Mar area, one in San Marcos, which is a half hour from here. And uh we also own a hotel in Tempe, Arizona.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm having a big conference in uh in um in July and I, I booked the the Hotel Irvine. Was that a mistake? Because I, I have a partner on this and I was like thinking about the Hilton and he's like the hotel Irvine. So um <laughs> Was that a mistake? I probably probably was. Well, I wish. Well, the,
1: the ho- if I'm not mistaken, the Hotel Irvine was purpose built as a Hilton about 35 or 40 years ago, and then it became a Hyatt, and then it went independent. It's a very nice hotel, very well located, about two or three blocks off the 405. So good call.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I love I love the name Hilton. Yeah. Marriott, you know, but uh, oh,
1: that's I mean, uh yeah, that that those are the two top chains by a wide margin.
0: Yeah, okay. And okay, so you, you that was your first. Can you tell me a little bit about your struggles initially that you you had to you encountered?
1: Yeah, sure. Like uh the first big big struggle was 9/11 because I got my loan to build the first of the two Hiltons and the day before I'm sorry, the 9 11, I forgot what day of the week that was. I thought it was a Monday, but that Tuesday was my meeting with my lender. And of course, it got canceled because every flight got canceled. Yeah. So I lost my loan. He canceled the loan at the end of that week, said, sorry, all loans are off. Wow. It was a big, you know, it was GE, so it was a big lender. So I lost my loan. I now owned land, I had a land loan with a uh, Chinese bank in, here in San Diego that I owed all this money to, I had no income at all because I was anticipating uh, having income from the development of the hotel. Yeah. So no income, big loan, uh, had to figure out whether or not I was just going to sell the property and walk away from it, or I was going to suck it up and deal with it. So I just, I just started flying around I was the only one on the airplanes. This is late. September, early October, when airlines started flying, I believe around September 28th of that year. That next two weeks, I was back and forth to New York, DC, anywhere I could find money. I finally found a loan at 25% interest. Oh, jeez. But that was the only money available at the time. Yeah. So I took it, and uh, it was a six month loan. I paid it off because I finally raised the equity it about it took me 6 months to raise the equity and I found a partner and we built the hotels my partner and I are still together uh, he and I each used our family's money to build two Hilton hotels that we have owned since uh, he became my partner in 03 so we've been partners 17 years and do you recommend partnership do you think a partnership I'm is sorry? Do, you, do you recommend partnership Ever? Well, not always, but when you're not a high net worth person, you want to build two Hilton hotels, you better have somebody. So you have (laughs) a choice. You can have a, uh, what I call a mezzanine debt partner. And that's the way I view that is you get a uh, first mortgage loan at say 60% of the cost. And then you get a mezzanine loan for as much as possible. That mezzanine lender will foreclose on you in a second if you miss a payment. So if you run into a high leverage you have a high leverage loan and you go into a bad economy like happened in 08 we would have been wiped out so uh, i'm glad that i got a partner and he and i just went back to our partners and said we have to do a a capital raise it's the only time we went for a capital raise was uh, at the end of 08 we uh, have been successful every year since so we've got 10 straight years now of no blips, we lost, I think 300,000 in 09, which is why we had the capital call.
0: And uh, okay, so so are you are you publicly listed?
1: No, no, we're a private company. Uh, both our partnership, with the Hilton, we, we have uh, what's called uh, conduit loans. Don't know how familiar you, you are with those. Basically uh, 10, 10 year loans uh, with prepayment penalties, very good interest rate, very good loan a uh, fairly high leverage, but you can't get out of it. Yeah. Because we, we don't want to sell. So we have those and then I've done other partnerships with other capital partners for the other hotels.
0: Okay, cool. And so, okay. So when did you get your second hotel? Like wh- when did, when did you make oh, that? Oh, we
1: built, we built the second one as soon as the first one was successful.
0: Okay. So you said, okay, instead of like kind of relaxing for a little bit, I want to just reinvent. So what, drove you to do that? What drove you to get the second?
1: Well, first of all, I wanted to do the first hotel and second hotel at the same time. My partner said, whoa, one at a time. So we built the first one. And as soon as I was able to refinance the first one, we built the second one with the proceeds.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then tell me about the third and fourth and fifth.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, what we did is all of a sudden we got calls because these two hotels were so successful, we got calls for managing other people's hotels. So we built a management company. I've got, I think 550 employees right now that work at various hotels. And sometimes we got an opportunity to buy a hotel at a discount and we would just go do it. So we, I think right now we have one, two, three, four, we sold two hotels that were what we call non-core assets. We didn't think it had upside. They weren't, particular, they weren't leading brands. So we have four hotels, one, two, three, five hotels that we own, mm-hmm. and uh, one hotel under construction, another hotel is starting construction soon, and another one will be starting in second quarter of this year.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So you're growing, growing fast. Yeah,
1: we're growing, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of good things. I mean, right now, I'm, I'm thankful because of the economy, uh, things are good.
0: Yeah. Do you feel uh, – I, I want to go back into, like, the, the nitty-gritty with regards to, you know, how you built your business. But do you feel Airbnb has an effect on your business, or is that
1: – Sure, but the effect is minimal. I mean, right now, Airbnb has a fairly significant impact in New York and San Francisco, yeah. It has an impact in other cities for big events. So in San Diego, it's Comic-Con. Uh, in some cities, it's a Super Bowl. Yeah. Whatever is the big, big, big event, then everybody and their grandmother rents out their little whatever. <laughs> but otherwise, uh, Airbnb is somewhere between a 3 and 6% factor. And wow. that's not material when it comes to running a hotel. If, you, if your margins are that thin, you shouldn't be in the business.
0: Yeah, definitely. Okay. And, uh, so tell me, give me, I want some like, like awesome business advice for the audience, because I know that they're gonna, they're gonna want to go away. Like thinking, wow, they got like a ton of uh, value, you know? And so, okay. So I think personally, this is my opinion and I I differ with you. I think you can learn entrepreneurship. I just don't think it's always desired. Like people don't always want to become an entrepreneur and that's fine. But I also think that like 80, like uh, I, I say like 80 something percent of people hate their jobs too. So it's like, well, where right. out? <laughs> if you're not born with it, where's your way out? You know, like, um, so I, I tend to lean on the side of, I think you can learn this. And I, some people agree with me. Uh, I, I, I'm a young guy, but you know, I, I tend to think, yeah, you can, you can only learn this. Um, and uh, so for somebody in that with that perspective, what would you, what advice would you impart on them uh, to help scale their business with regards to employees and with regards to, let's start with employees. Like, what are like the, the hiccups you've had re- regarding employees, and how do how do you manage all of those those people?
1: Uh, you really today, yeah. particularly in California, but everywhere in the U.S., you need a very strong human resource person. As an entrepreneur, you can't do everything. You must surround yourself with good people. So, if you can't afford a human resource executive on your team like we have now, then you need an outsourced person who can make sure you're covering every law because you will get sued. I mean, here in the business, you get sued from what we call drive by lawsuits where somebody goes on my website. Premises, liability stuff, yeah. Huge liabilities. Uh, Rather than getting into the weeds, I can just tell you, huge liabilities, and you need to be careful there. So you need either a a good HR lawyer or a good HR executive on on call or on retainer, or or a good HR executive on your payroll. Uh, And then, as, as you interview, this is just my opinion, of course, you have to ask unusual questions and put people... In a position where they're a little bit uncomfortable, so you know how they react. You can't ask them typical questions like, "How did you? How did you start out? What do you enjoy doing? What was your biggest failure?" Well, that's fine, but ask them questions. You know, first thing I'll hit them with, you know, "What do you want to see on your tombstone?" And they look at me like, "Huh?" But I want to know what they're about. What, do they, how do they see themselves? And so I'll hit them with questions like that. I also hit them with very technical questions on what they would do, so I know whether or not they are tech savvy, I know whether or not they understand, uh, there are some sciences within the hospitality industry, probably within every industry, but I'm only a hotel expert. So if they don't know those sciences, revenue management is one, of course, you know that's very important in the airline and hotel industry. And if they don't know human resources, then I know that they are not ones who I should have hiring somebody or making decisions even on how to discipline people if there's a problem. So I want to know what their skills are. I also want to know whether or not they can write because if I have all executives, none of whom can write a sentence, much less a letter, uh, that's a problem for me. Right. So uh, And of course, talking to them we can determine pretty quickly what their communication skills are like verbally.
0: Yeah, uh, that's great. So you, you definitely target people that can write well. How do you even, do you have them, do you just like look at what they've written online already or how do you even?
1: I, I have actually asked them to write me a letter right in front of me so I know somebody's not writing it for them. I was, hey, okay. just, Got me, jot me a little note. I hand him hand a little piece of paper and say, just jot me a, a short note about yeah. your thoughts o, on this meeting. Because I don't want them going back. Because I had an executive once who I hired, big t- a senior VP of operations. He couldn't write a sentence on an email. Not a sentence. What? But his resume, his, first of all, he was a good speaker.
0: Yeah. Obviously,
1: school of hard knocks, You know, no education. Could not write a sentence. Really? So, and that's tough when you're dealing with owners of hotels, you're dealing with uh, general managers of hotels, you got to manage them, you got to manage both the owners who own the hotel, and the managers who work for you, and you can't write a sentence.
0: Yeah, that's tough. That's definitely, that's definitely tough. Um, I've I've always, I don't know, I don't think I'm a great writer, but I've had compliments on my writing. So I, I I don't know. I'm, I I think I'm a tough critic too, so maybe that's maybe
1: that's it. But well, I don't think you need to be a great writer. You just have to be able to write a sentence. No, if you can't write a sentence, that's okay. As long as you know that the position you're hiring for
0: yeah, can yeah. Handle
1: that and somebody can you know do the writing for. It. Not everybody's strong at everything, but for me, good communication is critical. Do you so, feel
0: Do you feel everyone that's an entrepreneur can scale the way you scale to five hundred and fifty employees?
1: Oh, yeah, I think everybody can do it. But one, the only area we seem to disagree at all is the risk factor. To me, if you're not willing to take risks, it's going to be very difficult. Oh, no, I agree on that part. Yeah, 100%. So you, you have to be able to take risks. I don't know that that part is learned, the risk part. The rest is all. I don't know.
0: Actually, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll uh, concede to that. I don't know if that is a learned thing.
1: But I agree with you, Frank. Everything else can be learned. Yeah, Everything yeah. except for the ability to handle not having a paycheck. Well, that, well, I, I think,
0: also the ability to handle being drugged through, through the mud for like. Oh, oh like, yeah. I mean. And, and then they also enjoy it sometimes. Like, oh, this is, you know, like almost like, oh, we we found our, we got out of that situation. That was great. Well, you
1: know? Just as an example, uh, yes. my toughest part, you know, 9-11 was the toughest part for my company. The second toughest was when four of my top executives on the same day decided to pull a coup, start their own company, and walk out on me, figuring that I would just retire. So they called, because I had told them I want to retire within five years. This is recently, two and a half years ago. So I said, in the next five years, I'd like to retire. And then I'm, I'm getting very close to that point now where I'm able to sell shares of my company to my uh, management team. So okay. the plan's working out, but for a finite period of time, I had to take over these four jobs. And this was controller, president, senior VP of operations, and human resource vice president. Those four jobs. That's a nightmare. All walked out on the same day. Yeah. So and at the time we had three or four hundred employees. And my business partner, who at the time was maybe maybe twenty-eight years old uh he freaked out but i said just take it easy you take you can do the president's job i know you can do that i can take the other three he said the other three i said yeah i can do it but not long term so i hired uh two people to do and i took one of the jobs i hired two for the other and i i kept on looking for that replacement finally found got all four positions replaced those four guys had called all of my clients and said bob's retiring We're going to start a company and take over so you won't miss a beat. And so they all called me and said, hey, you're retiring. I said, well, maybe in five years. Why? Well, because your team just called me and said you retired and that they're taking over the company. Man. And they went to the uh, California Corporation Commission, changed, tried to change the names from me to them. My lawyer stopped them.
0: Did you, did you uh, notice like red flags or like in retrospect did you did you see did you see red flags or did you ignore them and
1: like, no i and that's a great question the answer is i must have missed the red flags but i mean i i thought maybe one or two of them were going to quit at some point because of some actions but i never thought they would pull a coup
0: yeah i i i don't see myself ever doing something like that i just i i just wouldn't stoop that low I, why would somebody want to try to take your, your clientele. and
1: Well, they've gone nowhere. So, you know, we've, we have done well and they haven't. So they thought the big deal, that they told me I should retire. They said, you know, we, we did all that. We put this company together for you. I, in my mind, oh, I'm God. laughing. Oh gosh. I, I just said, really? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, we, without us, you couldn't have done this. It's like, really? Uh-huh. So well, I proved it because they left, and I started all over again, and everything's good.
0: Yeah. So at, at some point, how many employees before? Like, like what? What is your main role right now? Is it
1: okay? So I'm I'm the closer. Yeah. Bring in new new deals. That's I'm the I'm that, I'm strategic like vision. Yeah. You know, I, I help write the business plan for the year and. Not the action plans. I yep. let everybody decide what actions they think they should take and I tweak it. So I provide right now my biggest job is one of mentor to my business partner who's now 31. Wow. And, I'm 32. So I'm sorry? <laughs> I'm
0: 32, so yeah, that's uh All right.
1: so he's ready to take over the business now. He's doing about ninety percent of the job. Wow. So the the idea this year is to turn the business over to him. He's buying me out on a uh, uh, payment plan. So he'll buy me out and other employees, I've got one, one executive is already in for 10%. So my idea is to sell the company to my team.
0: That's great, that's wonderful.
1: I think and that way I, I stay in because I'm, I'm the lender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I stay in, but I, don't, I no longer have the day-to-day headaches but they know they can come to me for advice anytime. That's nice. And That's I still have, like I, we moved into new offices and I show up there, this week it's once, once a, a day, but uh, I'd say once a week is the goal. To get yeah. me to mean myself off. This office that I'm calling you from is, uh, is one of my hotels where I have an office. Got it, got
0: it, okay. Um, do you like running a Marriott? versus a hotel or versus a Hilton or what do you prefer?
1: Well, I like, uh, I like Marriott and Hilton. Those are the two I like. And that's why I've invested my money uh, with them. Smart,
0: smart decision. Cause obviously they have the brand, the brand name. And like, it takes years, 10 years, decades to build a brand. So it's like, that's a smart decision. Yeah,
1: I, I love, I love independent hotels, but it's, it's harder to get a loan. It's harder to find equity partners, and it's harder to survive a recession. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but you need to go in eyes open. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, the, the, the strong brand's gonna survive through the recession every time. Right. Strong brands always survive. You know, nothing's gonna happen to Hilton or Nike or these really right. huge brands. Unless,
1: unless Nike uh, makes a mistake of b- backing the next Colin Kaepernick.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh man, I don't want to get into politics right now. <laughs> no, we don't need to talk about
1: politics.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you never know, you know, people people listening. Um, but uh, okay, so, um, so you're you're a deal closer, and you're a strategic vision. You you do the strategic vision. Um, I would think that once you get to the hundred employee level, at least and and above, it would be mainly HR. Like, that's your, like, main role, HR, but that may not be your, your, your strong suit or I don't know, but uh, you, maybe you don't like doing HR. I don't know, but.
1: No, no, no. First of all, I like, I like every part of the business, but there are areas that I don't feel I am an expert. So, because I'm not a CPA, I don't run the accounting department. Because I can't keep up with every single California law, I have an HR director, Uh, Because I am able to keep up with digital marketing today, despite being a lot older than most digital marketers, I enjoy dabbling in that pay-per-click and uh, how to maneuver Facebook remarketing, things like that. I love that stuff.
0: What do you think about social media for hotels? Oh,
1: I I mean, I'm I'm actively, I tweet virtually daily, I tweet. Okay. (laughs) Not like our president, but I tweet. Okay. (laughs) I, I don't do anything stupid. Yeah. So I, I tweet business things, uh, basically either retweet a good article or I'll tweet uh, a comment on, on something going on, in, largely in the industry. Uh, I'm active on LinkedIn. I have about 4,000 followers. Nice. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm particularly active in Instagram and Facebook, but I make sure our hotels are.
0: Got it. Got it. It's at least you understand the importance of being on those platforms.
1: I under, I, I Like I'm, I'm an original LinkedIn. Uh, when LinkedIn started, which I think was right around 08, so it was about 12 years ago. I was a very early adopter of LinkedIn.
0: I wish I was that early of an adopter because if I was that early enough an adopter, I, I, I completely adopted LinkedIn. But if I was that early of an adopter, man, I would have like right now. I'd have like a million followers or, or like connections. Yeah. I
1: only have 4,000, but you know, I've, I only have people link in with me. I've, I've never sought to link in with anybody.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I do that. And I post content every day, probably like three to 10 times a day. So really, yeah. Well, I've
1: got, you know, it's funny, Frank, I have a lot of content. I generally post it to my own website, hotelguru.com. Yeah. So you can see a ton of it there. Yeah. Or I do write for some industry publications as well.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I have I have uh you know somewhat of, I, you know I would say like small but mighty uh following on LinkedIn. Um you know, I have like 34 to 34,000 followers but I've had like 20 million views on my content. So That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like I said I would say it's it's uh it's small like it's it, I don't have like millions of followers, right? But well,
1: I'd be surprised if you have anybody from my industry who is at your level of followers.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's super helpful. Like, building a – see, that that's – you understand branding, and mo- a lot of people don't get branding. Like, when, when you start – when you have a Hilton Hotel, like, you start, like, 10 years past everybody else. You're not starting from level one. You're starting at, like, year 10 because everybody knows the Hilton. So it's like – like, it's way easier that way. but well, like it's
1: way easier, but it's still not easy. Yeah no, 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 no.
0: yeah, no, I no, I, I see. Yeah, it, okay, in the sense of, like, when somebody is deciding between Joe Schmo Hotel, I don't know who this hotel, and Hilton, I would say 90% of the time they're going to go to the Hilton, even if it costs a little bit more,
1: right? Well, one, one trend, it's a good point, but one trend that, that we need to follow is that millennials don't follow the same mold as baby boomers and gen xers and gen z doesn't even follow the same mold as the millennials so we have to make sure we're creating the right product for the right generation so it's not just brand
0: yeah and and yeah that's true but but, but it's just i think brand in different ways right so like being on those other platforms like linkedin tiktok and things like that so yeah i, I definitely want to tell you about something after this i think you'll enjoy it but um, cool. So any other business advice that you like to impart upon somebody that wants to scale, uh, to, to, your level? And, uh, like what was the, the main, like if, if any, if somebody could take one thing away from you, uh, what would you really want them to take away for somebody who wants to get to, to that level to 550 employees? Um, like,
1: I, I think it's, uh, it's not easy, but simple. And that is be a great mentor. And build a strong team around yourself got it well, that, that's what it takes so if, you're, if, if you feel you've got the tools, that's irrelevant if you can't impart that knowledge.
0: right, so you're saying that it really it really doesn't matter how skilled you are specifically. you have to have some skill set initially because that's what it takes really I,
1: well, either that or a lot of money, yeah
0: either that or a lot or you can waste a lot of money, which right. It's funny because you, you mentioned the executive thing of like the four, the four guys that are executive. I sell to a lot of executives and that have never run businesses and I run a business and a lot of the executives say things that I just think, wow, if you started a business to tomorrow, like you would just like, it would, it, it would be buried. Like, like, because I just hear like, cause they don't have the experience of like starting from scratch Getting, you know, doing sales, you know, figuring out how to support your staff, all that. They don't have that experience. So it's a lot different than being an executive. Uh, The executive role is important, but it's a lot. It's much different, you know.
1: My father gave me advice that was very good. He said, work for somebody until you're 30 and then start your own business. So I did that. And it was it was a perfect formula for me. I'm not suggesting that particular formula works for everybody, but you do need to learn the skills and learn how big businesses run. So I worked for the, the big companies until uh, that time and I started my own business and I never looked back.
0: I probably should have done it that way because <laughs> <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes across the, along the way. So, yeah, well,
1: you should never look back, you know that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well, hey, thanks for the pod like so if you want to promote the hotel, go ahead and uh, you know, take the opportunity. There's a lot of people are going to be listening to this podcast. So take the opportunity to promote the hotel. Um, how can they reach you? Can they mention the podcast or something? I don't know. Like
1: Sure, you know, first of all, I am at my Hilton Garden Inn in uh, Del Mar. So, I can be reached pretty easily at hotelguru.com is my blog site. My, I, my cell number is eight five eight six six three eight nine nine eight. People can oh. call me if they want to stay at one of my hotels. We have uh, a number of hotels in San Diego. are very strong. We have hotels in uh, Phoenix and the Los Angeles area and one up in Colorado Springs. And we're growing across the country slowly but surely. Awesome. So uh, I, I don't know if that helps at all. Uh, my email <laughs> is Rauch at HotelGuru.com. Awesome. So it's Rauch, R-A-U-C-H at HotelGuru.com. Awesome.